Welcome to the Fit Pro Business Podcast, where you'll receive sales, marketing, and business building tips from industry leaders that will help you take your business to the next level. Head over to fitprobusiness.com to receive your free three-part video series on how to attract more qualified leads, schedule more consultations, and close more sales. Now, here's your host, the -the in-the-trenches fitness business owner, Andy Salazar. Hello, everyone. I'm with Eli Delaney. I want to thank him for taking his time to join us on this call. He is the co-founder and lead trainer at YourMarketingUniversity.com, a marketing education company designed specifically to teach you how to take control of your marketing online and offline. Eli simplifies the complex when it comes to marketing in your business and becoming the expert in your industry. Having trained hundreds of entrepreneurs and professionals all around the globe, Eli has been a speaker, trainer, for groups such as SCORE, Dave Fagan's Icon Builder Bootcamp, National Association of Women's Business, Arizona Small Business Association, and more. He is also the co-author of Marketing Tidbits, 50 Quick and Easy Ways to Grow Your Business, author of Network Tidbit, Networking Tidbits, 25 Ways to Connect, Grow, and Succeed Through Networking, along with the creator of the popular training course, How to Become a Networking Rock Star to Grow Your Business which has over 1,000 students in his course. Welcome to the show, Eli. Well, thank you, Andy. It's my pleasure to be here. Um, I want to go ahead and let you tell us a little more about your story and um, how you got started in marketing and became a follow-up expert. Okay. Yeah, um, basically, I before all of this fun stuff, originally I was actually a stagehand, so I was in the rock and roll business. Um, had a lot of fun with that. Got to work with people like Ozzy Osbourne and Smothers Brothers, Wayne Newton, uh, Megadeth, a little bit of everything. The problem was that my boss had a uh, recreational habit that affected my paycheck, and I'm sure being in the rock and roll world, you can kind of understand where I'm going with that. So I got out of that, uh, worked for a small computer shop in the Phoenix area on the area and one of the very first things that that I found was that people were asking us to help them build websites and things like that and so I ended up learning HTML I learned the ins and outs of Photoshop because obviously you're going to build a website you got to have some pretty pictures to go along with it and I fell in love with it so that's how I started my first company which is a web and graphic design company and that was about 20 years ago and from there I I really had a blast. I had like the best clients in the world. I mean, these are the type of clients that literally I would start, I would build an entire website, start to finish, show it to them. And the biggest complaint they had was, can you change this one word? Which, you know, if you deal with clients, that's like heaven, right? The problem is that I had two of them. And that wasn't enough to pay the bills. So I I knew I had to figure out this marketing thing. And so I started learning the ins and outs of marketing. Back then, we didn't have YouTube or um, online training or even like, you know, interviews where we can do Skype calls like what we're doing right now. And so I had to go to the bookstore, pick up books. And that's how I actually started. Um, Learned a lot about the ins and outs of marketing. And of course, started um, networking in order to get the name out there and let people know I existed. And from there, I ended up joining a chamber, started becoming a networker. I got into all the ins and outs of the concept of connecting with other people. And I grew that web design business from me working out of my house 
to opening up an office. Uh, I had five employees working for me, and we were closing between three and five contracts a week, which for a small design agency is pretty good. And that's kind of how I got started in this whole world. And then fast forward to now, I don't build websites anymore, but I train people. I have fun with it, and I love teaching it and sharing all the information that I learned when I first started. Now, uh, just like myself, I know you've had some hiccups along the way. Um, could you give us an example of where you may have hit some roadblocks and that you've had to overcome? Um, oh, definitely. I mean, we all have them. It's it's kind of part of being an entrepreneur is you're going to have hiccups. The kind of rule of thumb is no matter what you think, uh, figure that it's going to take you three times as long and cost you three times as much to get it going. Uh, you know, that's just kind of a way of life with, with any kind of business, no matter what kind of business it is. But when I first got going, a couple of things that I, I do realize that now that I kind of wish I had known then was to start systematizing what I do as quickly as possible document everything you do because I found that we we know what's going on we know our craft and so like me in the web design world I know how to build websites and I know how to install all the parts and pieces and WordPress and all that kind of fun stuff but for me to turn around and say okay now you do it for me that's a whole different creature. And so no matter what business you're in, if you start documenting from the very beginning, even if you don't have any intent on ever having employees, you're prepping yourself to do that down the road to be able to if that happens. And more importantly, it also keeps you from letting things slip through the cracks. And that's, you know, I, I do a lot on talking about follow-up. That was one of the mo- most important things for me was to literally sit down and document what was my follow-up process in order to make sure that I didn't let those clients slip through the cracks. Right. And you've had such, such success with, net, with networking events to build your business. Uh, what three to five tips or advice could you give a fitness professional or fitness business owner that's trying to replicate what you've done? Yeah, definitely. The The very first thing is you've got to know who you really want to work with, who is your perfect client avatar. Um, it's not going to be just anybody. You know, we, we all have, you know, the, the basic saying, okay, if you're, if you're in the fitness industry, everybody needs to get in shape. Everybody has something that they can work on to be in better shape, and that's, that is a fact. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is that not everybody sees that. Not everybody is willing or ready. Some people, they're, they're perfectly happy being exactly where they are, doing exactly what they're doing. And so you need to narrow down exactly who your niche is first off before you do anything else because everything Everything else you do when it comes to marketing your business in any way, shape, or form relies on this starting point. You know, as an example, maybe you you focus specifically on home-based business owners, mompreneurs. So these are women who own businesses but stay at home with their kids. They obviously a lot of them want to get in shape. Okay, you could actually niche down to that specific niche, and then you ask yourself, okay, well, where do they hang out? And that's why that's so important. So you've got to know where they, who you're going after first to then figure out 
where to hang out, where to go. And that's how you can find networking events and places to go. And when I talk about networking events, it's not just going to your local chamber of commerce and eating, you know, having the same type of meeting every week, sitting there talking to the same person, eating the same rubber chicken week after week after week. We're talking about going into a room and knowing exactly who's going to be there and who you need to talk to. And that could be a chamber of commerce. Chambers of commerce are great. Um, but for like certain industries or certain certain businesses or who your particular client is, it may not be. And so chambers are one option. Uh, groups like leads groups like BNIs, LATIP, things like that are great. Um, but then also, what about meetup groups? You know, meetup.com is one of the coolest places ever created. And you can literally go there and find groups on everything. So you're looking for those that mompreneur group? Well, guess what? Guaranteed there's a meetup group in your area that has that. And so that's kind of where we kind of start the whole process is figuring out who you really want to go after, who is your perfect client avatar, and then where do I go to hang out to meet those people? Right. I know for myself, I've had a hard time getting myself out of my comfort zones at network e- networking events. Um, what kind of tips or advice could you give a fitness professional that has struggled with getting themselves out of that comfort zone and putting themselves out there? The, the most important thing is to, to keep in mind that we're just having conversations with people. Don't walk in the door trying to, to pitch your services. You know, that's one of the things, and, and this happens in every industry. Um, but we go, we have what I, what I like to call the farmer versus hunter mentality. The hunter walks into the room and they're looking for the kill. Now, as a fitness professional, that's going to be a natural state for you because you want to help people. There's nothing wrong with it innately, but it does actually throw people off. And so instead of walking in the door and seeing, okay, this is a person that really looks like they need my help, I'm going to go talk to them. Don't think of it as as a, okay, I'm looking for this client right here. Look at how can I help the people in this room and just have a conversation. And all that's all you do is just have a conversation with them. The farmer mentality, and this is where we're going to switch to, is where you don't walk in the door with the purpose of, I want to sign up a new client today. Now, we know that that's the, the end game. That's what we want. But it's not going to happen. It really doesn't. What ends up happening, I mean, I'm in my entire career, and I've done a ton of networking, I've literally signed clients on the spot and sold stuff twice out of the hundreds and hundreds of events that I've gone to. Okay? And the reason is because that's not what people are there for. You might run into the situation where somebody says, okay, yeah, you are exactly what I need. How do I sign up? It does happen, but it's extremely rare. But what does happen is you go, you have a great conversation with somebody, you say, hey, how's it going? So what, is, what are you doing here? You know, what, is, what are you looking for? Who's a good referral for you? And you make the conversation about them, asking them questions about their business and what they do and who their perfect client is and things like that. And keep in mind of how you can help them out. And then when, if they're ready, they're going to ask you more questions. And that usually leads to a conversation where I and my personal recommendation would be, hey, you know, why don't we, you know, why don't we get together tomorrow or why don't we get together and have lunch or, you know, why don't you come down to my studio, you know, wherever your situation is. And then you make it so it's much more soft, much more relaxed because 
as a personal trainer, you're in this world where, where it's kind of a personal, intimate relationship with somebody. Somebody, this is a person where they have a problem, they know they have a problem, they need somebody to help them, but it is, it's like your doctor, it's like a relationship expert. I mean, these are, these are the type of areas that are much more personal. And so you want to make them feel very comfortable because we all know the horror stories about people never going to the gym because they're afraid of the the big, bulky, beefy monster guys picking on them, right? You know, we heard those stories. And so you want to come in as, hey, you know what? I'm here for you if you need some help. Let's talk. Just have a conversation. And that that's going to make a big difference. And the great thing about it is none of it is about you selling your services. It's about you just being there, having a conversation, thinking about how you can help that other person. So let's say you and I are in the same room and I, and you run into, you know, you run into me, we start a conversation and just, let's say that I'm a a mechanic, you know, you say, okay, well, what kind of cars do you specialize in? How, how did you get into being a mechanic? And you start asking these questions. And of course I'm going to get excited about talking about this stuff and then you happen to say, you know what, I, you know, if anybody comes in mind that, that really needs some help, I'll definitely send them over. Or if you happen to need help, great, that's a great situation. But now you've turned around and you turn that conversation about me instead of about you pitching your services. All of a sudden, now we're open to what I like to talk about, which is me. You know, that's human nature. We all like to talk about ourselves. And so now, when I'm actually curious, and I'm like, you know what, I really do need to get, I really do need to get in shape. I need to get over this stuff. So, yeah, well, let me call Andy up because he's such a cool guy. And now you're not, you're not selling anything. You're just educating at that point. And the great thing about it is that makes it much easier. You don't have to put on a dog and pony show. All you have to do is basically answer questions. And then when it comes to the point of how much, tell them. And at that point, you know, they can make a decision. But it's not a sales process per se. Right. So before you try to make a sale or be pitchy, um, try to get to know them first and get them to know, like, and trust you in advance. <laughs> Exactly, because that's people buy from who they know, like, and trust. And those three words, I call it the KLT factor, and those three words are in that order for a very, very specific reason. Know, like, and trust. Well, I can't trust you, or I'm not likely to trust you if I don't like you. And if I don't like you, that means I I can't get to know you. You know, I, I have to get to know you before I can make a decision if I like you or not. So you've got to have a very specific order. So to begin with, you got to let people get to know you first. That's when that sales process starts without actually trying to pitch anything. You're just helping them out, being a, being a friend to them. Right. So if you can eliminate the aspect of money, you're just creating value for somebody by having the contact or by being able to refer somebody else to them. I call this uh, what I say leading with value. You're giving somebody else value for knowing you or for you knowing them. Um, is that something that you would prescribe to you as far as like those networking events? Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, when I walk in the door, I walk in the door saying, okay, who am I going to help today? 
And, and I literally do that with that concept of finding one to two people that I can help them. And that help might be me giving them a bit of advice based on my expertise. Sometimes it is. And sometimes I've had people literally where I've, I've met somebody and I said, you know what? I know exactly who you need to meet. And I'll take them by the hand and take them across the room to the person I'm talking about and then introduce them. And then I say, hey, I'm going to let you guys talk. Here's my card. Give me a call next week. Let's, let's grab coffee or something. And then I walk away. But I know that I have given them value right up front. And, you know, there's times where I'll give somebody an idea and they're turning around and go, oh my gosh, that was so awesome. How do I hire you? And that has turned into business, you know, but I didn't try. I didn't push any of that. It's all about just adding that value up front. And that, that makes such a big difference because we're so used to getting pitched all the time. And, you know, a lot of times we go to the networking events and we get with, you know, the drive-by, the person who basically the first thing out of their mouth is, hey, I've got this great thing that's going to help solve all the problems of your world. And this is how much it is. And they're looking for a sale right there. Well, that's that again goes back to hunter mentality. And those people, quite honestly, we get annoyed by them. And so if you can stay away from that and go directly to the, how can I help you? What do you need? Here, you know, who do you need to meet? I would love to introduce you. Then at that point, you become the grit, the nice guy in the room or the nice girl in the room that everybody will remember. And if they're in need of what you got, They'll contact you. They'll ask you questions. You don't have to bug them at all. So part of the keys to success with networking is um, your approach and how you're approaching it in regards to um, just building relationships. Yes, definitely. And of course, you know, one of the most important pieces also is to follow up, stay in touch with people after the event. And this is, this is kind of my specialty. And I'm, I'm what I call a follow up fanatic. I, I'm crazy about the fact that you've got to stay in touch because most of the time people forget, people get busy. Most, I can honestly say that 95 plus percent of the people that I ever meet never follow up with me. And I've actually had literally had people where I've said, I want to do business with you. Let's get coffee next week or give me a call next week. You know, somehow reach out to me and I never hear from them again. And it amazes me how many dollars, I mean, literally thousands of dollars over the years that I wanted to spend with people that I couldn't because they didn't come back and, and stay in touch with me. Right. I know for myself, um, when I first started my business, I had a, I had no follow-up system in place, and um, that caused me to leave a lot of money on the table um, because I didn't follow up with them. I'd get a lead, um, I'd try to sell them or get them in for a consultation, and they weren't quite ready to do business with me at that time. They'd say, can you call me back in a month, or would you mind following back up with me? I'd do what I call the sticky note approach. Mm-hmm. Write their information on a sticky note, and who knows what would happen to it, and I would forget to call them back. What um, systems can a um, personal trainer or business owner put in place in order to be more um, consistent with their follow-up? Yeah. The very first thing you want to do before you decide on what software technology or however you want to do it from that standpoint, you want to sit down and map out what your follow-up system should look like. And I'm a huge, huge advocate of this. I, this is what I actually do with most of my clients. We literally open up a mind map. The software that I use to create a mind map is called XMind. XMind.net is where you can download it from. It's free. There is a paid version, but you don't need it. Um, and you can actually say, down and go, okay, so I go to this event and I talk to somebody, what's going to happen next? 
and you write down what happens. And obviously, you shake hands. You have a great conversation. The next step, you're going to give them your business card. The next step, you're going to get their business card. Very, very important. Do not just give out your cards. Collect cards from other people because you want to be the one in charge of that follow-up. If you expect them to follow up, they won't. Okay, I guarantee it. We already talked about that. But then, what's the next step? The next step is you know send them an email saying, "Hey, it was great meeting you at the chamber mixer last night." You know things like that, and you can do this this exact process. Literally, you're going to just go step by step. Okay, so so tonight or tomorrow, I'm going to send this email. Maybe in a couple of days, I'm going to pick up the phone and call them and say, "Hey, would you like to meet for coffee?" In a week, I'm going to send them a link and say, "Hey, by the way, I had this really cool article. I think you might find useful. Here's a link to it." You know, and just do that and and go through, and you're building the relationship for the long term thought process. Literally, sit down and map out the entire process. You can do this with your prospects as well. If some, if you have your free consult like you just did, you need to go through and say, okay, so in seven days, I need to do this. And in 14 days, I need to do this. And you map it all out and map it out for at least six months. And once you've done that, then pick what system you want to use. Now, you could, there's a lot of different ways out there. You could use something like Salesforce. There's Zoho CRM if you're just starting out and on a tight budget. I think they actually have a free version you can start with. If you're much, much more organized and ready and you got a little bit of a budget, Infusionsoft is my personal choice. That's what I use. I do a lot of Infusionsoft consulting for people and helping them set up these kind of systems. Um, but it's not a good place to start if you're just starting out and on a really tight budget because it's not cheap. But it is a great way to look down the road. So pick what system you feel more comfortable with. But you have to have the system mapped out before you actually try to pick up any software. Because if you don't, chances are you're going to start paying for this cool software and it's not going to really do anything for you. Now, once you make that first initial contact with somebody at a networking event, what do you have some sort of like script or something that somebody could follow, whether it's Facebook, email, or a phone call? After that initial meeting? Yeah, I actually do. This is this is what you you want to write this down. My I have a script that I share with pretty much everywhere, and this this is just a, it works so well. You send an email after you meet somebody. You want to send them an email within forty eight hours. Okay, the faster the better. And you send this email, and it says, um, you know, hey Bob, you know, subject line was great to meet you. Hey, Bob, it was great meeting you at the XYZ Chamber last night. Did you have a great time? I know I did. I met some really amazing people like you. What other events do you attend? Here's a couple that I recommend. Now, if you already do networking events, that'll work. If not, then you might have to tweak that a little bit. The next line is, I would love to get together for coffee next week. How does next Thursday sound? Let me know if there's anything I can do to help you out. Signed, Andy. Okay? So that email basically has a couple of things that are very, you know, there's a psychological piece to it. Most importantly, you notice that there's no pitch. I'm not, I'm not saying, hey, I'd love to give you a free consult because instantly that goes into pitch mode. People don't want to get pitched. 
So you just send them an email and say, hey, it was great meeting you. But here's a couple of really important psychological things in there. Number one is you're adding value right up front. You're actually saying, hey, you know, you're saying, here's some events that I attend. You're eliciting a response by asking them what events do they attend, and you're asking for an appointment. Get together for coffee. And you can change the day to whatever day you want. By the time they respond, if you don't have Thursday available, you can say, hey, you know what? Since I, I sent you that email, actually, I did get booked up on Thursday. Can we meet on Friday instead? You can you can change that however it works for your schedule. But the idea is to get them to come back and say, hey, yeah, I would love to meet on Thursday. How you know? Where's a good place for you? Or something to that effect. So you're asking questions, eliciting that response. And then... Now you've opened up the door to have a real conversation. And that email that I just shared with you, I that has worked, that has opened up the doors for speaking gigs, clients that have been worth thousands of dollars to me, um, clients for some of my clients actually reactivating old old clients that they haven't even worked with for a while that they had actually met. There's variations on that email. Um, but literally, I can say that that has produced thousands and thousands of dollars worth of sales without selling anything. And that's the cool thing about it. But you need to send it out as quickly as possible within 48 hours at the very, very latest. And so on those initial contacts, you want to make those emails as personal as possible, just according to that script. I know in the past I've gotten like random emails for newsletters and things like that or no follow-up at all. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the key is that you use that as a template. Now, one thing I'm very big into is, is try to automate your life as much as possible because right at first, that's easy. If you, if you meet five people, that's easy to shoot out five emails. But let's say you go to an event where you got you know 20 or 30 people and you're going to four or five events a week, this starts adding up and that takes a lot of time. So use that as a basic template. Keep it as, as simple as you can. Um, with still making it sound very personal. Now, on top of that, you said something extremely important. You talked about newsletters. No matter what, no ifs, ands, and buts, no questions, no excuses, no reasons, no exceptions. Never add somebody to your generic newsletter when you meet them at an event. Number one is it is technically against the law. Okay. Um, that we have this the can spam act basically says if I didn't ask for your stuff don't send it to me okay but the second thing is there's nothing more annoying and we've all been there if you've done any kind of networking before you've been there where you've gone out you network with people and all of a sudden you get this email that's a newsletter with the latest greatest specials of the week for some somebody you met you know commercial real estate guys for some reason happen to be the worst of this and never fails every time I meet one within Within five, six days tops, I get a newsletter about this great listing, the newest properties that are for sale in my neighborhood to open up offices. And I'm like, guess what? I run a virtual business. I'm happy working out of my office or out of my house right now because I work pretty much anywhere that has internet and good coffee. And they're selling me on something that I don't want. I didn't ask for. I didn't show an interest in it. And immediately, they've ruined that relationship. And so don't ever add somebody to a generic newsletter. You can have these emails that are set up and as automated and simple as possible, but they all sound personal. And they're not a newsletter. And then you can, you know, if they're interested, 
they'll check out your website. They'll sign up for your other stuff. Right. So it's creating that interest first and making it personal personal in advance prior to moving on to, say, a newsletter or what have you. That's something that they would opt in for. Definitely. And also, you mentioned that um, to follow up for about six months after a networking event, is there a specific amount of times you should be making contact per week, per month, or what have you? You need to make contact at least once every 30 days. Okay. Now, the contact can be in various different forms. I, I actually recommend that you mix it up a bit. So some could be email. Some could be actual physical phone calls. Some could be a physical mail. You can, there's great systems like send out cards out there where you can actually set it up and have it send a card or a postcard to people saying, hey, I was just thinking about you. just wanted to say hi. Little things like that. Also, connect with people in the social media worlds um, by sending them a little a message or when you post stuff. Every one of those things counts as a touch. And you need to stay in touch with people a minimum of once every 30 days or else they will forget about you. And it, it's not about calling them every every 30 days and saying, hey, how's it going? You ready to sign up for some, you know, some coaching here? You know, it's a it's about just sending a message saying, hey, I was thinking about you the other day. I just finished this book. You should check it out. I think you might find it helpful. You know, little things like that. Because what will happen is they know what you do. You can add tips, tricks, and resources along the way, but they know what you do. So what your job is just to make sure that you have that top-of-mind awareness as the helpful person that adds a lot of value to them who happens to be a trainer. Because when they need a trainer, you're going to come to mind. That's how that works. I actually had one girl that I had literally known her for 10 years and all of a sudden, she, or she, she comes to me after a meeting, and she goes, hey, I need to set up some time with you. Can you come by the shop tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, sure. So we sit down, and we talk, and she was, she's talking about getting a website. And I was like, okay, so this is what we need. This is how much. I mean, the typical stuff talking about her buying a website. And then I stopped, and I said, so who else are you talking to about this? And she was like, well, nobody. And I was like, Okay, because, you know, most of the time when you're putting that kind of investment in, most of the time you shop it around a little bit and you get two or three different proposals from people. And I was like, so why is it that you're not asking anybody else? She goes, well, because I've known you for so long and you've always given me so much that it's I, I don't think I trust anybody else. That's a cool place to be. You know, that was like that was the best feeling in the world It was when she said that. Because I knew that I had done my job right. Because I never sold her anything. I literally, all I had to do was say, okay, based on what you want, here's what I recommend and here's how much it'll be. That's not sales. That's just education. But I ended up getting sales from it. Right. Another thing with these networking events is you really never know what somebody's um, influence is on other people around them. Um, What's called, I call it, um, person of influence and how mm-hmm. much influence they can have on your business if you go about networking with them the right way. As far as um, personal training, studio business owner looking to build their business, what can they expect if they network properly to happen within their business? The, the quickest thing you're going to see is obviously you're going to get people who are going to ask a lot of questions. And that's a good sign. That means that you're doing your job right. Because by adding value to other people first – that's going to add 
ask it where people are going to want to find out more about you. They're going to want to send you those referrals or sign up through you. And so you can expect, I mean, obviously everybody is different based on what type of, you know, what type of area you're in, who your demographics are. There's a really, really big variety there. But I would say you should easily be able to increase 10%, if not way more, just by following this process. Nothing else. We're not talking a lot of other work. We're talking just basically coming at it as a helpful person. And you're going to start seeing referrals that you've never seen before. I mean, I've got I've got one one woman who literally I got on the phone with her, gave her a couple of ideas. It was a conversation. I've never met her in person, by the way. She lives in a completely different state, but we happen to network online. And she's given me referrals to three other people, one of which has already become a client to me, which is and it's a significant size client. And two others that are both looking at it. They haven't made the decision quite yet, but I've already had conversations with them. And this was all because I added value. I helped her out up front, and she has become a raving fan for me. That's a cool place to be. And that's one of the very easiest things that you can do by following these steps. Now, um, I know that the way that we connected was online. Is there a way that somebody can go about networking properly online? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, the number one thing is find people in your community that where where is it you're going after? Um, you know, first off, you're meeting people in a face-to-face scenario. You're networking offline. So start with that and then connect with them in the online world. And if they are your perfect client, that they are your avatar, then think, go connect with them on Facebook. See what groups they're part of. See if that's going to be a good fit, a place that you should be hanging out. Because a lot of times you'll find that. I do a lot in the online world. Now I'm I'm completely virtual. I don't have I don't have to be face to face with somebody, so I do have that advantage. But I have clients all over the world because of figuring out, okay, this is this is where I met somebody. I have one client in Australia. I met her at an event in North Carolina. And then we happened to run into each other at an event in LA. And then we ended up getting on a Skype call and she became a client. She's been a client for several years now. You know, so just figure out groups on groups on Facebook, Google Plus, and LinkedIn are your best friends. When it comes to the online stuff, that groups are the best way to connect with other people that are in your demographic. Great. Well, Eli, I've gotten so much value out of this interview. Uh, it's encouraged me to get out and start networking more and getting myself out of my comfort zones. Um, what are some of the ways that some of uh, my clientele and audience can connect with you and learn more about what you have to offer? Oh, definitely. Thank you. Uh, number one is I am in the social media world. Feel free to reach out to me, and I would love it if you would if you connect with me on any of the platforms. I'm on all of them. I'm easy to find. Send me a, a message. Don't just connect with me, but send me a message and say, hey, I heard you on Andy's show. I really want to connect with you because that stands out. That makes a difference. But you can always connect with me on those. And if you want to find out more about how to network more effectively, I do have a, a free blueprint that I put out. Um, it's basically it's called the Networking Follow-Up Blueprint because I see such an issue with so many people not following up. So basically, here's how you get it. You go to why. Miami rocks.com slash 
follow-up. Again, ymerocks.com slash follow-up. It's all one word, all lowercase, really easy. Go there. That's where you can actually download the guide for free. The whole point about it is I just want to help fix the problem with people not following up like they need to. Um, and with that, you know, connect with me anytime. I, I love to connect with people. Great. Yeah, that's awesome. That's exactly how we got connected. I heard you on um, my uh, mentor and coach's Eric Lofholm's podcast. And uh, mm-hmm. directly after listening to that, I went straight to Facebook and messaged you and um, set this interview up. So anyhow, again, I want to thank you for your time and thank you for all the valuable information. Well, thank you so much, Andy. It's my pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Fit Pro Business Podcast with your host, Andy Salazar. Don't forget to visit fitprobusiness.com to receive your free business building video series. 